Hey there. This week, I am so excited to bring you an interview from my YouTube channel with the amazing Christine of Christine's Snaps. She is a viral TikToker with over 4.5 million followers on TikTok. She describes herself as a (laughs) girl with a lazy eye and a cacti. She is a brilliant content creator. And we talk about the business really of content creation of short form versus long form content creation and, you know, water polo life and just have the most amazing conversation. Her TikTok blew up during COVID. She has been kind of the creator I think we all need because her content is just so fun and it's observational without um, being totally self-deprecating. It's just so fun. You have to check her out. And if you don't do the TikToky things, I get it. She's also on Instagram and YouTube. Of course, all of her links will be in the show notes, but I also need to give you a little bit of background on this conversation before we jump into it. So over on the YouTubes, if you don't follow me there a lot, we have been doing something called the Court of Public Opinion on Friday evenings during the Friday night live stream. The Court of Public Opinion was inspired by the Law Nerd audience during a super chat in a live stream that asked, is a hot dog a sandwich? And we had multiple polls about it, lots of conversation and debate, and ultimately the Court of Public Opinion ruled that a hot dog was in fact in a standalone category. However, the next week when I came up with a question, it reminded me of a TikTok from Christine Snaps that was highly controversial, and it was her making a bowl of cereal milk first, then cereal. And she's like, I'm right. This is the way it is. I'm like, this is our court of public opinion. And Friday Night Live, we did that. She ended up seeing it. We connected on social media. And I was like, you have to come back on Tuesday when we do the ruling for the court of public opinion. And she so graciously agreed. So the question for the week's court of public opinion was, when you make a bowl of cereal, milk than cereal or cereal than milk. This one was closer than I thought it was going to be. And we get into that topic in this interview too. So that background is really helpful going into this because the court of public opinion has been so fun. If you want to play along, you have to come over to YouTube, watchemily.com. The channel's at over 80,000 subscribers now. And if you want to vote in those polls, you can do that on the YouTube channel and on Twitter and Instagram at the Emily D. Baker. And of course, I'm going to be linking all of Christine's snaps stuff below. She is Christine's snaps on TikTok, on YouTube, on Instagram, but her direct links are below. Please go check her out. She is just a phenomenal creator and really a joy to watch. And she brings really fun, short form sketch comedy. It's great. And with that, it's just time to jump in, you know, TikTok on the clock because the party don't stop. Kesha. Let's get into it. Hey there. Welcome to The Emily Show. I'm your host, Emily D. Baker, badass lawyer and everyone's favorite legal commentator, breaking down the legal shit in the news and pop culture stories you want to talk about. I've been a licensed attorney for over 15 years. I'm a former prosecutor, and I'm a big fan of the cursey words. So let's break it down. Welcome 
Hi, Welcome hi. to Coffee and Cursey Words with the Law Nerds. Oh, I'm I am so here. I just got off work. I ran here. I had to run through a Duncan drive. Yeah, of course you did. You've got to get Duncan. I You've got your merch on. Yeah, I got my. <laughs> I took I took off the work clothes. I was like, I gotta put something <laughs> on. Might as well throw some merch. Can't hurt. <laughs> Never hurts. Totally stand by it. I know people are. So excited to be here. I'm sure your audience is excited to be here. Do now do they call themselves the oldie moldies? Or only some? No, I think I almost feel like oldie moldies, which is a newsletter I started just just talking about. I said when I am when I'm when I'm old and I'm in an old folks' home, I hope my only goal is to be surrounded by my friends and all we do is walk around and talk crap about people. Yep. Um, I think that's like something kind of totally separate. I, we don't really have like a name or like a a fandom name or anything like that, but um, I don't, maybe like the snappers or something. I don't think, I don't think we ever figured it out, but, but yeah, everyone's an oldie moldy in my book. <laughs> I love it. I, well, as an actual oldie moldy, cause I get told how <laughs> old I am, especially since I like don't dye my gray. I mean, until I dye my hair purple, but I get told how old I am all the time on the, people remind me oh, on Instagram, yeah. people remind me in my comment sections. I'm like, yeah, I, you've heard me say I've been a lawyer for 15 years, which like there's a lot of yeah. school involved. <laughs> yeah, let's do some math. Fifteen. Yeah, yeah. I know. I yes. love when people old. ask me how old I am, and I always take it as like, yeah, because you look older. And I was like, no, no, I look tired, and like that's yes, called different. that's called putting in work. That's why I look tired. <laughs> it is, and we're gonna talk about that for sure about the the content creator work because I think um, I don't think people who don't do short form content understand how much work goes into short form content. It's not just sit down. Well, good short form content. It's not just yeah. sit down and here's 60 seconds and we're done. It takes a lot of planning. But if you guys aren't familiar with Christine Snaps, we're going to be putting all of her stuff in the description box. She has a channel here on YouTube. She main platform is TikTok. You have over <laughs> 4.5 million followers on TikTok. Yeah. Which is, I don't need to tell you this, you know this, but yeah, I'm like, I, just, I, I can't wrap my brain around a hundred people watching. <laughs> but yeah, it's up there. It's a lot of people, and that's incredible. Um, you are a self-described girl with a lazy eye and a cacti, and we're going to talk about the cacti. But Christine's also a hilarious comedian, content creator. You are really one of the the bright spots of COVID because your channel blew up right at the beginning of the pandemic, and it was just kind of the wholesome content we all needed, I think. And you bring a lot of joy to your audience. I've already mentioned the Oldie Moldy newsletter, which warms my heart <laughs> because I'm like I'm that person who's like, what are the neighbors doing? Why are you oh. mowing? It's 8 a.m. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, why are you outside? Where you're not you're not leaving your house, are you? <laughs> yeah, where are you going? <laughs> are the kids is the bus drop off yet? Yes, I'm totally that person too. Yeah. And then your we put out a poll for the court of public opinion to the channel members here. And a lot of channel members from the UK brought up the milk first or tea first. And I was like, we have a very diverse audience, but it reminded me of your snap with you know, bull, milk, cereal, fight me. Like, yeah. this is the only way. And I was like, oh my God, when I saw the suggestions, I was like, we have to bring up this snap and talk <laughs> about it. Yeah. The, the, we're going to pull up the, t the Twitters. We put up a poll. The poll did not go in the favor of milk first, but the milk first people die hard, ride or die for milk first. Die hard. And they get die it on a, and they get it on another level. It's not just about it's not about cereal anymore. If milk first people just like it's a different way of life. And I stand by it. And I was even talking me and my mom had a discussion about it yesterday too. I was like, we're all in the family, we're all in on the family. I don't think anybody does cereal first. Tell me <laughs> about your conversation with your mom about she, the first. 
well, I, I had told her that I had connected with you. And I was like, mom, I love social media. Like just the people that I meet, I was like, my Twitter's blowing up. And I was like, what's going on? And I was like, why? I was like, when we make a bowl of cereal, why do we put milk first? Because you're the one that taught me that. And she said, um, she, well, she did it when we were younger as kids so that it wouldn't spill because uh, me and my brother, I guess as kids would always pour the cereal, you know, at the beginning and just destroy the bowl with milk and there'd be milk everywhere. And I remember like the counter having to always get cleaned up, but then we switched over as milk and cereal. Cause, and it was because my mom hated taking more than one bowl of cereal. Cause she's always, she's always on some kind of diet or, you know, so yeah. she's like, if I put milk first, I just, whenever the cereal's done, drink the milk, be done. She doesn't keep going back and forth. And I think, and then that came, passed down to me. But growing up, me becoming my own person, when I was like thinking about it, you know, I think like in junior high is when everyone's like, you know, which sports team do you like, you know, milk versus cereal, like you have to start picking sides in life. And I think that's (laughs) when I realized I was just like, yeah, I put milk first. And I was like, why would I do that? And the only rational thought I could think of as an adult was like, I do not like soggy cereal, like cereal, cereal should have a little crunch to it. I don't think, you know. That's like doing milk and cookies. I don't want if I dunk my cookie in, I'm not waiting for it to break off. And right. You don't want milk. it to. You don't want to just drink your cookie in your milk. Yeah, I'm softening the cookie. There's a difference between soggy and like softened cereal, yes. and I'll I'll stand by that forever because I hate just a crunchy, dry cereal. There's nothing worse. I don't like it. <laughs> it's totally fair. You know, it used to annoy me in college when we would go to the dining hall and you couldn't even like the milk was somewhere totally different than the big like levers cereal things yeah and I was I was like I don't want to get back up and have to get more so I'd have like three bowls of cereal <laughs> we got to the milk because then if you fill it up with enough cereal and then you have to go dump milk out of the thing it mess always I should have gone through the line the backwards way yeah yeah why do they put them so my society sets us up to fail with that they put the cereal and then the milk's all the way at the end yeah I don't breakfast know. buffet Maybe because yeah. it's like a dry storage in the middle. They always have like the hot stuff. They put like the dry in the corner, which I'm it, like, uh, and then people go over there with like Tupperware containers and take like cereal home with them. And then they're, they're like, you can't do that. I'm like, oh, really? Because I pay how much money to be here? And I, I want a little cereal in my dorm room. I would drink a little cereal. Absolutely. We started putting, we thought we were very clever. And I went to school probably when you were born um, <laughs> because we're definitely, I started college in 1996. Um, yeah, I was born in 95. <laughs> Right. But some things never change. Something It's true. Change. It's universal, but we started putting cereal in our in our waffles and we used to get in trouble because the dorm the the dorm dining hall I went to had waffle makers, the ones that you like turn. Oh, and so okay. we would put in the batter and then throw cereal into it. We thought we were clever and they were like, "Don't put cereal." I'm like, "What what's going to happen to the waffle maker in the yeah. dorm like, yeah. in the dining hall?" <laughs> hey, if I when I lived with like four other girls in a house, if I if if I didn't find at least a random fork in there from somewhere from the dining hall from two years before, I'm like, why? Did, who took this fork? Like, how did this get? You yeah. know? And you're like, okay, this glass I think is from the dining hall. It was just like, those the plastic ones with the yes. Nubbies. But someone but someone told me once that colleges put in as part of your like tuition, or at least mine did. They put in like a little a couple extra bucks for all the stuff that gets like stolen. Right. So I'm like, it's like I'm already it's like going to the store and I yeah. already bought stuff. I'm like, I'm just picking it up. It's redistributed, <laughs> not stolen. It yeah. eventually makes its way back or to another student. It, everything gets repurposed, right? Yeah. Oh, exactly. It all just gets repurposed. Yeah. Um, because I played water polo in college, rooming with other athletes, 
it, it, everything smelled like chlorine all the time. Like you could smell us coming into the dining hall. You played, I played water polo. Not no college, way. Stop. In high school. In high school, I played water polo. I never meet anybody who plays water polo. That I played water amazing. polo. I was a whole set and a whole garden. I was a whole garden college because my arms are short. So I couldn't set very well because I've yeah. t they so. would they would move me around. I think we have different terms because I, I didn't play like we called it a, a D hole defensive yep. hole. You know, I wasn't the shooter, but I was trying to prevent other people. Same. And I would there was a point in high school where it was like I was getting kicked out left and right, just yeah. not even for being not even being over the top. It was just like it looks like I'm being over the top, and really I'm just like standing there blocking. And it got to a point where I was like, before we play, I have to listen to Mariah Carey's Always Be My Always Be My Baby. And that song would, it was like, always, it would calm me down and put me in this zone. And I was like, no one talk to me. I'm not getting kicked out this game. Like, I just have to focus. But I every game. water polo. I'm like, I got kicked out almost every game. In, and in high school, so I graduated 96, started college in 96. We didn't have a women's team. So I played men's water polo in high school. Oh, so by the time I got to women's water polo in college, most of the other women played on men's high school teams. Yeah. And we were all pretty aggro, but I was short. So I went to Massachusetts and played because UCLA and USC were like, I'm sorry, you're five, six. I was like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like five, seven. Yeah. Sure, I would have normally played water, water polo in college, but I never went to like a coast school or it just, I, I, I didn't have too much of a drive to do it to like yeah. totally change my plans, but yeah, water polo is, everyone's like, isn't it like wrestling and wall playing like soccer, but with your hands? I'm like, yeah, and you can't touch the bottom. So, right. so figure it out. It's kind of like MMA plus basketball in a pool. Yeah. And like, you're just always in taking water. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Now, when I was putting together our questions, because I wanted to break down kind of what the channel said about the serial debate so you could hear the impact that you've okay, had on yes. your lives with this very controversial topic. Did you know that your birthday is on famousbirthdays.com you like i have a profile yes yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> i think see like when you rank stuff like because i've again we talked yesterday but i've only been on social media like doing social media for a year yeah. and like little things that's not even a little thing but like famous birthdays emailed me like months ago and was like we're gonna make you a profile set and i was like you're gonna make me a profile on famous birthdays like i don't think i'm famous but the fact that like the website has that title i'm like oh my gosh thank you but yeah, yeah. i you're on famous birthdays. It it warmed my heart. And here's why we're the same person. My birthday's May 7th. Stop. We, oh my. Oh, we're just like from a different, like, like different, different generation. Yeah. But same. same. Um, not nearly as many TikTok followers. Cause I, my audience knows when I say goodnight at the end of the night, my mods are like, all right, set, set a 30 minute timer and we'll be <laughs> out of here in about 30 minutes. She's going to say goodbye 700 times. Yeah. So to try to do one minute content, I'm like, Ooh, it's, it's gotta be a lot of thought goes into telling a story inside of a minute. Yeah. I think that's probably the biggest difference between you and I, now that we're talking is my, I swear my brain only works in like one minute segments. Like I could, I could picture like a music video, a theme, like you want to talk about greeting cards. You want to talk about like the newest drink. Done. I, my brain could compress everything into a minute. Only because it just feels like comfortable. I could hold people's attention for a minute. That's why short form content has always made sense to me. And there's like, and thinking of the workload too, to be like, you know, if I'm, you know, putting in so much work on a YouTube video and it's only like, and it's like comes out to like eight minutes. I just, I always get discouraged sometimes. Cause I'm like, okay, I could have cranked out a couple 
TikToks of my, the quality that I like, you know, but at the same time, I put out a YouTube video the other day of like a behind the scenes of me making one of my TikToks. And it, the, it's, it was a very simple storyline. It was me teaching my dog how to do a trick. A news reporter breaks in and ends (laughs) up like interviewing my dog in the middle of us training. And the dog does the trick. He like tells him a secret, tells her a secret. That was the trick. I love Um, that. People are like, oh, I thought maybe that took five minutes. It took me about an hour and 40 clips. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, it, it, it just depends on your workflow. I know people that can streamline TikToks much faster. Um, but again, it's just what I feel comfortable with, like workflow and then the way that my mind works. You do a lot of shots, which yeah. I really do pull a lot of shots in to tell your story, which I love. Because I, I mean, my content is literally like, uh, there's documents, stuff happen. We're going to talk about it. I'm yeah. Jokes. I say curse words. Like, yeah, <laughs> you do long form chat through it content, which is why, like, even for me to get used to Twitter, it's very hard for me sometimes to be like, ad- can I adequately express myself in a very short? I'm used to taking big ideas and making them simple, but then also making them short. Whole other skill. Whole other yeah. skill. And I think that's another thing about content or like TikTok in particular is it's just videos. You can't even do like a updated status. Like I couldn't put out a thing oh. on my TikTok saying like you know, guys having a bad week, content's not coming out, stick with whatever. Um, and I, and I don't think you can say a lot in a minute and I, I'm never going to tell you who I am encompassed in a nice tight bow in a minute. So that's why I keep a lot of my content, like one step away from not who I am, but like, I'm talking about stuff like a third party non-biased thing. Like, you know, again, like greeting cards or the cactus stuff. Like it's not, um, the more I make it like personal, the more questions people have, and the more I can't put it in a minute. That's where I right. look at YouTube to be like, okay, I could sit down and talk about, you know, why I chose the major I did and why I played water polo in high school, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Now, for those that don't know, we the major you did in college didn't exist when I was in college. So this oh, is really? something that I was talking to um, Adam McIntyre, who's a young creator here, who's in Deary, Ireland, and was going through like a film for media course. And he was like, they are still behind even where I'm at as a content creator trying to catch up. And mm. you did a very similar kind of directed course towards what you wanted to do versus me who was like, I want to go to law school. You do political science for that, right? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so do you mind sharing with, with the channel kind of that background too of what you majored in in college? Yeah. So the major... I, I wanted to be a radio DJ. They finally, a counselor in high school dragged it out of me. They said, I, I know you're not going to do like a traditional job. They're like, you're, you're not very good at math, not very good at geography. Me? Yeah. And I was like, and I was like, well, I kind of want to be a radio DJ. And I thought they would shut me down and be like, oh, okay, a radio DJ. Really? Okay. Well, there's a million shot of that. But they were like, okay. So my parents, we looked for schools and my parents didn't want me to go the far away. I could have been on the coast. I was ready to get out of the hometown. Fair. But um, the in in the Midwest, the school I went to is the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh, is you know one of the one of the UW schools, and it's a the program is called Radio, TV, and Film, and it really like just covers everything. You walk in, you take a class all about like how to use you know professional cameras. You do another class. It's all about editing everything together news packages short films then you could take advanced classes then you do like a script writing class if you want to and they really they really go through everything but the fact the fact is is they have their own studio there and they do sports news broadcasts you could pitch your own show i had a show in college called college life and it was a talk show 
where I interviewed sports and clubs and we played games and cooking. And it was kind of just, you know, like a hodgepodge of everything. Um, You could pitch your own show. You could be an executive producer, a writer. You could work a big switchboard. And the the fact was, is a school like UW-Madison, same thing but it's so much more competitive, so much more students. And the way that they presented the information to me was like, you, you know, you're going to have to go to classes for two years before you can touch a camera because you just have to get through the basics. That's how it was. That's always like relayed to me. It was like, you know, the bigger school you go to, the more kids there are, like the more competitive it is. And it's, they make you go through all the prereqs before you can really get to the positions you want. At my, at my school, it was like, you want to, you want to control the, you want to be a camera operator first day. You just walked into the studio after class. Sure. Come here, stand right here, put on a, you know, very, very hands-on. And I think they're going the radio route. I think my first like winter semester, there was like a, they have like big semester. Then they have like a smaller semester. You take one class just to get it done. And I emailed the radio station. I was like, I kind of, I really want to work on the radio. I, I didn't know I had a radio class coming up. They yeah. really gave me my own radio shift. They're like, That's sit awesome. down, you do jazz, three to five, don't leave this room, old school, put the CDs in, tell yeah. them the news, you know, that stuff. And it was so hands-on, which scared the scared the crap out of me. I mean, for besides that radio gig, for the next two years, you didn't see me in the, the TV studio. I avoided it like like Corona. I was like, I can't. And I was like, I don't understand what I'm doing. You're just going to throw me in. Yeah. And then, and then it got around to the point where I had taken the classes and I knew what I was doing. So I went in there and then I, you know, I just was so hands-on. I was in everything. I would leave there at two, three in the morning, just sitting there with like people editing the news for the next day. And I'm like, I'm just, I'm just learning and absorbing. And it was the most hands-on major the nicest people in the school was small enough that I was like, I could get a grasp on it and be like, I know most of the people here, you know, you know, I feel like I'm learning something. And that's kind of where all my editing and my storytelling comes from is from college. And that's how I learned. That's amazing. That's amazing. There's, there's not a lot I've found in education that can make up for that hands-on experience of just doing it because you, until you do it and then see how it goes right and see how it goes wrong, you don't know what to do next time. It's just that hands-on knowledge is ingrained and not shockingly, that's exactly what working as a district attorney was like. They're like, Hey, first day, here's this stack. There's about 75 cases. Your judges down there, their name will be on the front of the bench. Um, make sure you sit on the right side of the table. Don't piss off the public defender. Have a good day. Yeah. And you're like, it's it's the scariest thing in the world. But then once you do it a couple of days, then like the third day you walk and you're like, yeah, yeah, I get the basics. Like, let's, yeah. let's get going. Like I, you know, it's just about getting comfortable. And I, I seem like a very outgoing person, but I can be the most quiet. Like you could not hear me talk for a couple of days. Like I could be very quiet into myself. So yeah. going into a setting like college where I, you know, a lot of the people that went to that school were kind of local. And I was like, oh, I'm coming from, you know, Illinois. And yeah. like, oh, you're not, you're not even from Wisconsin. Like there's a little rivalry there. <laughs> so it was, I was like, yeah, I had to prove myself and be like, no one knows me here. So I really right. have to work hard and be like, I'm a friendly, hard worker. Like, let me, let me help. <laughs> but, yeah. also, but also don't overwhelm me. Cause I'm gonna, I'm gonna go yeah. home and cry. <laughs> we might shut down. That's a lot. That's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. I absolutely love that. I'm going to pull up the poll from Twitter real quick so we can see it. Um, you guys, Twitter. Twitter showed up. Let me split screen because run my own board and um, didn't have it pulled up. So Twitter, the Twitter poll here came down with 94.4 for cereal first. Oh my gosh. 5.6 <laughs> for milk first with 3,100 votes in the final. 
in the final. Oh my gosh, 3,000 votes. Okay. So So I think the common, and then we got about the same breakdown on 93% to 7% on Instagram. But I think the breakdown really shows that there is, oh, I did it wrong. Sorry. Get we No, Emily. (laughs) (laughs) This is what happens when we don't have guests on very much. I think the breakdown was that... um, People are just used to, to cereal first. And here's my thoughts on this. And then we're going to get into what the channel thought. I, I think it's a milk, milk got kind of pushed to the side in the cereal, like advertising conspiracy. And they're like, no, if you put in cereal first and then put milk on, it gets a little soggy, but we don't want that. So you're going to keep adding bits of cereal to it. I think they're trying to get people to eat more cereal. Yeah, I, I see yeah. that. And also when you just, when you just look at a bowl of cereal, I mean, the trickery of your eyes cereal floats it's on top you know that sort of thing so when you think i mean when i look at a sandwich and i see that there's two pieces of bread and cheese in the middle i'm not like well yeah i would put the cheese on last i would put the cheese on top at the end you know it's not i'm yeah i think it's a big conspiracy that they want cereal and i'm not here for the i don't want to not here for the conspiracies (laughs) i also think like if you put the milk first you're highlighting the milk in those commercials so that the cereal commercials want to highlight the cereal so you just kind of sprinkle on the milk and then forget about it at the end that's true. I, I haven't seen a milk commercial. I mean, whenever they do milk commercials, it's just people drinking milk, yep. isn't it? They don't. Yep. They, they never. They don't even touch cereal when they make no. milk commercials. Cereal kind of gives you an in- inclination of it. I did see a couple. Lawnards, we need to talk. A number of you on Twitter said you put orange juice on your cereal. What I is, have. Concerns. What is that? What 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 brand of cereal? First of all, what flavors are we mixing? They were like no milk, orange juice, and I was like, I think. Are you messing with me? Or did, <laughs> there were enough people that were like, no, yeah, orange juice. I'm like. How, yeah how's that decision made? <laughs> like I, I respect it but i will not sit with you and eat breakfast i will take it to another room i just don't even want to look at you eating orange liquid with you know your special k i'm, no. I'm not can't, <laughs> can't do it can't do it i was also sent another tiktok from a different creator who had the quintessential full bowl of cereal dumps the milk trickles out no more milk lots oh. of cereal only a little wet. And I was like, that's the solid argument for milk first. Yeah. It's also like I, when I, I made a follow-up to that original TikTok about cereal versus milk, and I knew it would cause a lot of controversy. That's why I made it in the first place. Cause I was like, well, I do believe in this, but also it's just going to start a fight. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I honestly, people are like, well, you don't know how much milk to put. And I was like, well, you can see when you put cereal in first, you can't see the milk at all. So right. what, are you, what are you talking about? If you see the milk rising, you judge it based on the bowl, not how much cereal you're going to eat. And I, I never understood that. So I was like, well, if you don't, I was like, if you don't understand ratios, then maybe you put cereal first, like just digging in on like a d- different space to be like, maybe you don't get math very well, even though maybe you the worst which is very math. funny. We've got, um, Kimberly is bringing up a common thing that happened. My brother does water on his cereal. He refuses milk. The lactose crowd definitely said, I feel excluded from this poll. I do dry cereal. I do water on cereal. So I get it. But I've never, I've never had what I mean, I'll try. I got, I got nothing never. against trying water with cereal. Yep. And then Evan shared that my grandpa did orange juice on Rice Krispies. Right. Okay. I, well, Rice Krispies I understand the combo. Strong, okay. Yeah. They don't have a strong, at, at that point, if the, if the Krispies get, get real soggy, it's going to taste like pulp. You're not going to know. Yeah, that oh, <laughs> <laughs> it will taste like pulp. That's exactly what it will taste like. Yeah. That's exactly what it'll taste like. So Cynthia over here on the YouTube said, I'm definitely a cereal then milk, but depending on the cereal, is it good soggy? Is it like 
cookie crunch. And then I see milk, then cereal, like dipping the cookie into milk and eat. So there was definitely some thoughtful consideration going on. Yeah. Um, Brandis, who's also a channel member here said cereal, then milk, but then you have to toss the cereal like a salad and then eat it quickly so that you have leftover milk to drink. Yeah. That was another point. Everyone kept bringing up when I made that TikTok. they're like, how slow are you eating cereal that it gets sunk? And I was like, it's just the principle. If you smother, <laughs> if you smother something in a liquid, it's already yep. starting to deteriorate or change texture. Like it's my brain does not have time to comprehend what's happening. We just yep. need to like eat fast. But what was the? I mean, we can keep talking about it, but I don't under I don't I don't drink tea. What was the tea? Oh, argument the tea with milk? debate. Okay, so the Great British tea debate because the Brits love milk in their tea. Okay. Was do you put in the milk first? And then the boiling water and the tea and let it all steep together? Or do you steep your tea bag in your water, then pour milk on after? I was informed by a number of people that this used to be an upstairs downstairs thing. So people who had less expensive um, china or less expensive drinkware put milk first to cool down the temperature so that they wouldn't crack it with their hot tea. Okay. Um, so it seems to also be like a division on how you do it. Some people are like, no, I don't want the hot water on top of the milk. You've got to steep the tea, get it to that four minutes, take the bag out and then put the milk in. So there was, there's, this is apparently a still hotly contested issue. There okay. are videos on YouTube about it, multiple <laughs> videos about the proper way to make tea with milk. Tea with milk though is delicious. Is I had never tried it until I went to a conference in London. And even on the plane, I was like, oh. This is magic. <laughs> this is amazing. I can totally see why people do this and then started doing that more when I came back home. But the tea needs to be a good, strong tea. Yeah. We were all you're, um, you're drinking hot tea on a plane. Yeah. British that's Airways is classy, man. That's a whole nother. We could get something about liquid and when you're in like a, a machine that's going that fast in the Terrifying. sky. Like all, all you're going to do is hit turbulence. As soon as I bring it up to my lips, yeah. I, I hate all liquid on, on planes. Like I, I have to it. chug those little like half cups they give you. I have to chug that. Cause I'm like, what? I don't, I don't want to hold it. I don't, I don't trust this tray to hold it. I don't trust the person next to me not to like swing their arm at me. And you know, I, yep. ugh, that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> liquid on planes is definitely, it's hot liquid on planes, but it was just, it was such a nice experience. It's it's also such a long flight that you're kind of like, oh, I get it in the morning. I definitely want tea because they had done champagne in the evening when you boarded. Yeah. And I flew by myself, by the way. No kids. No, it was just oh, me nice. heading to London for a conference. I was like, and there was no one. <laughs> in the it was lovely. My seat partner didn't want to talk. I was yeah. like, I haven't been alone for this long in at least 12 years. Oh, like, that sounds nice. I had my <laughs> Nintendo Switch. I had headphones, 12 hours by myself. It was amazing. Okay, that sounds nice. Okay, maybe. Now, you're making me, I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic, but you're making me want to get on a plane just to do a, do a little, take me up, take yeah. me down. Little, little, little alone time. Nobody can get to you. Nobody expects you to answer anything. It was, it was nice. But yes, tea with milk on the plane in the morning. I was like, oh, this is very, very civilized. Yeah. That is still, the chat's still arguing over tea or milk. It is, it, it. Yeah. I mean, when you, take in the, when you take in the context of the cup, I mean, you're just being smart to not, you know, yep. ruin, ruin your stuff. The, um, the, I would, I would only think you would put milk after just coming from like most bit coffee is the first, my default yep. is that they always add Creamer it on top of whatever. After. Yeah. And, and then, then kind of gauge like it a little more how much you want when you see the color change, which is how I judge how much I put in by what color, what 
color I want it to be. Like how how light do we need it to be, depending on yeah. so, which is which is funny. Um those four milk first said yes, milk first, but not if it's Captain Crunch. Like it is universally decided. Not if it's Captain Milk first, not if it's Captain Crunch. Okay. See that okay, we that's a whole <laughs> Captain Crunch has its own category. Yeah, I really <laughs> I really like how surface level the argument is, just milk versus cereal. And it's kind of such a dumb debate. But like th- you really if you really want to get into it, like what I, I ha- don't eat a lot of types of cereal. I have not run the gambit. I don't I haven't had special K and Rice Krispies. Like I've had a little bit of a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, my go-to when I was a kid was Cinnamon Toast Crunch and oh, yeah. um Reese's Puffs. Is that what they're called? I don't but know. like Reese's cereal. They're like peanut butter, like they're like little like peanut butter balls and then little chocolate balls. It was like Sounds delicious. It was like borderline the like a de- like a dessert cereal. I mean, it is like it's not. There's nothing healthy about it. But you know, I I wasn't doing the like Lucky Charms and the Captain Crunch. That was not brought into this household, and I yeah, never fair. as an adult was like, I'm gonna go buy that for myself for one. So, I mean, it really depends on the cereal too. Like if you're eating like a special K and a Frosted Flakes, those flaky thin ones. Yep. I, that's what I can't stand that gets soggy. Oh, they get soggy so fast. And then they're like cardboard. Tastes like you're eating a leaf. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> no good at all. Here's, why, are we, why are we starting our day like this? <laughs> Being traumatized by soggy cereal. Here is the real question. Jenny A asked, right, but is cereal a soup? Now for context, our first court of public opinion from the law nerds was, is a hot dog a sandwich? What, so was, what was the vote? With the food theme. It, still hotly contested, okay. but- most said a hot dog is in a standalone category, but there are some legal rulings that have categorized a hot dog as a sandwich for the purposes of to-go foods and takeaway foods, but not as a sandwich for the purposes of being like competitors with a Panera. So there was a lot of debate about to- hot dog sandwich, but this is why the is a cereal a soup has come up. I'm like, I get it, but it's milk-based. And for me, soups are broth-based. So that's where I'm like, cereal is not a, not a soup. Yeah, isn't there like a milk? Isn't there a milk soup though? Isn't that like powder? Yes, yeah. And I, I you know what it is? Is <laughs> when it when it comes to stuff like that, I just think of like when does it come in context? And I'm thinking of like if I go to a restaurant and I see soups, and then I see bowl of cereal as an option under soups, yes. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be like more likely than not, I'm gonna be like what? Not like accept it. The, my first reaction yes. is like what? And maybe that's just years of marketing towards me. And that's how my brain has accepted it. But like, I'm not going to fight anybody on soup. As a, if you want right. to call, hey, do you want soup for dinner? And my mom, and I walk in there, my mom's got a bowl <laughs> of cereal. I'm not going to question it. We've had weirder things for dinner. Like, I'm it, not- makes, it makes sense though, because it's not what you're expecting. If you say, do yeah. you want some soup? That's not what you've got in mind. And expectation came up in the hot dog debate a lot. People are like, you don't go to a subway and be like, can I get a hot dog? They're going to be like, no. Yeah. Yeah. You don't I don't think about it. As branding. Hey, well, one time my mom was like, my mom never bakes. And she goes, okay, I'm baking something. Come in the kitchen in five minutes. I was like, you're baking something? Like, something must be off. I walk in there and she's got a Pop-Tart in the toaster oven called it baking. So I was like, okay, well, this is, these are not baked good. (laughs) Someone baked them all right, but you didn't. And I was like, all right. But again, like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm offended. I was like, okay, I'm going to take it it and not ask questions. Because obviously she attempted a a baking thing today. You're like, I'll allow it. Yeah. I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> the, um, the debate is now, we, the debate has now switched in the chat to is um, is Subway cake because there was just a court ruling in Ireland that the bread that Subway uses has too much sugar in it to be called bread. 
So it is yes. not actually bred. This is like a, a over a decade long court case that has been going in Ireland about the sugar content of the bread and Subway. Yeah. So, what's the what's the point of the the case? Are they just trying to like establish whether wanted, it is or not? They wanted to Subway wanted to be able to market it a particular way, and they said you can't market it as this because the bread has too high of a sugar content. So it's okay. not bread. It doesn't categorize as bread. And this, when we got into the hot dog sandwich thing, we went down the rabbit hole of food categories in the US and the USDA. I'm like, why is this also regulated? I had no idea. It was a whole nother like loophole of laws. And now uh, American companies abroad having, you know, different sugar contents and stuff. I, we were fast. Yeah. So down the rabbit hole into the YouTube. Oh, I'm sure. But you got you got to think back when they when they started pushing hot dogs. I I highly doubt they were the people marketing hot dogs like for the first time were like it's just another sandwich like it's nothing. I bet they were like it's nothing like it's nothing like a sandwich you've ever seen. You know they they're always gonna market the next thing as something new in its own category, even if you're like and also it's a sandwich. Like you, they're always gonna market it and push it like it's you've never heard of it. Like I was just watching a video about cronuts, like a croissant donut. And I was like, is that its own category? It's technically yeah. a donut and a croissant. Like, but again, it's everyone was like, it's the new, it's a new thing when it came out. I was like, do so you remember the cronut craziness? You might not remember the cronut craziness. I it might remember have something more. about it, but it didn't affect me in like the Chicago suburbs. Like yeah. I didn't. <laughs> there were so when cronuts were first like popping, every I was still a district attorney. Um, and people like our our office staff would wait in lines in the morning to bring cronuts into the office for like the steno pool of all of the the secretaries and the witness coordinators and stuff. And so people would be like texting from court, like <laughs> they got their hands on cronuts today. And people would be like, your honor, <laughs> 15 minutes, they got, cro they finally got cronuts. They would sell out. There were yeah. lines. People were waiting at like 5am. It was wild. They're okay. I mean, <laughs> exactly. You're like, well, it's, 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 I mean, it's, it's yeah. fine, but they, yes. were, they were interviewing the guy who I guess like inv invented it technically. And he's like, within three days, it was a phenomenon like across the world. And I was like, three days, huh? And I was like, and I'm sure people were copying you by the next week and, you know, it was diluted. Yep. <laughs> it's so interesting how things go viral, which is like a perfect unintended segue because you had that experience of going viral, not in a little way, but viral in a very very large way you gained like a million subs in like a week or something yeah how yeah. was that experience for you and did you know when you made that video like this one's gonna slap or were you like this is a great video I stand by it yeah no it was <laughs> I mean <laughs> it's so weird and funny at the same time I always say if I could go back I would go back to the night that I made the video because I just didn't understand what the repercussions I, repercussions sounds like a negative but a repercussions and a positive of yeah. what was going to happen because i i literally okay the it was february and i think no one was shut down for the pandemic talk of it everyone was getting like spooked about some of the stuff they didn't know a lot about yeah. yet and i was going to work whatever me and my friends <laughs> do this thing um, where we just go to like Walmart or go to a store that's open really late and we walk around and we have like midlife crises or not that's even delightful. like an existential crisis yep. in the deodorant aisle. Done it. Talk about, yeah. So she's like, let's go to the clearance. They, they had like 50 cent blow torches one time on the clearance. Nice. I was like, I'll take three of these. I don't know when I need a blow torch. But like, about it. A cool prop. 50 cents. I was like, okay. I think it's just gas. It's a lighter. Yeah. Um, 
So then we walk over there. It's by the plants. I walk back. There's three plants on a shelf. I pick one up. I'm like a klepto. If I pick something up, I almost always buy it. And my mom tells me to walk in stores with my hands together. Um, <laughs> and she she turns to me and she knows me so well. She's like, don't buy that. And I was like, why? It'd be kind of cool to have a plant. Like, I don't we have totally anything going on. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, no, you don't need that. You're not going to water it. It's going to be a waste of money. It was like three. I still have the receipt. It was like $3 and 47 cents. And I was like, you're right. Put it back. We took another lap, like lap around, picked it up again. And I was like, I have to buy it in my head already. I was okay. like, no, I was like, no, it'd be kind of funny if I was like filming a video and I was like, what do I do with the plant? Like, that's kind of funny. People, people kind of like plants. And up until this point, I had been on TikTok for like two months and I had posted some old Snapchats because I've always kind of made bits, like loose bits, funny yeah. stuff. And I had a video before that do go, go viral in like a small way compared to this one. And I was like, all right, well, as long as like I have an idea, let me make this video. So I come home. It's 11 p.m. at night. I have this cactus. I'm sitting in my bathroom because it was like just a quiet place to film. I put out a whole YouTube video yesterday about why do people film in their bathrooms. And I think by the way, fantastic video. And <gasps> <Thank> you, you. <laughs> fantastic video for you guys who are creators, who want to be creators, or who have like, because my audience, we've all got kids, not all, but a lot of us. If yeah. you have kids who want to be creators, watch Christine's video about filming in the bathroom. Cause you don't get into just like oh, we film in the bathroom, haha, it's a funny bit, but also into like the audience psychology of like immediately getting tucked into your content because it's familiar to them and all of that. So I don't want to derail, but we will talk about that. It's a brilliant video. Yeah, and it's, I was kind of a half-baked idea when I did it, but I, I was like, I thought of this bath, I thought of this idea in the bathroom, let me just make this YouTube video because <laughs> it interests me. But I was like, I'm going to film in my bathroom. And I remember filming it a bunch of clips. That's just kind of how I, how I, work and then i was like i'm gonna edit it on tiktok which i rarely do now because i don't like their editing i hate doing this and editing, editing if i have a full computer i posted the video and i was like okay like it's kind of funny it's quick it's quick which is what i like and i was like all right that's cool <laughs> posted it i think at night or the next morning went to bed woke up next day um millions of views already and you're like and and 250,000 followers within 24 hours. And I and I only think that happened because I think a big part of that is I had content posted before that. Because when I look at viral videos and I go to their page and that's like one of two videos, I'm like, I'm not going to follow you. Yeah. If, if the algorithm thinks I like your stuff, you'll come back around. But yeah. I had other videos on there, just kind of random bits and skits that I had done. And I think that's helped a lot. But and I so then within within the week, so I'm having like a crisis where I'm texting my friends who work like in media and, you know, the TV industry. And I'm like, what do I do? And they're like, weird. they're like, just keep posting, like, just keep making videos they're like you have videos. I have my old Snapchats. I save everything. Yeah. They're like, just keep posting. So I did. And within the week. Uh, I had, a, a, yeah, within seven days, I had a million followers. And that time, at that time, it was like, we, it was like, no one's leaving their house. Yep. Whatever. So I remember like 11, again, 11 p.m. at night, I'm sitting in my room crying of tears of joy because I just had a million followers. But it yep. was like also such a lonely experience to be like, you know, like it's, it's whatever, you know, and I remember saying, and everybody's like, Okay. Yeah. And it was, but it was great. And I, I, but again, I was so confused. I was like, wait, is this like my job now? I was like, could this be a job? Like, what if I just keep gaining followers? Like, isn't that how people do it? Like what, what, what I just, you know, is this like a cool side thing that I would do? Yeah. And <laughs> I remember grabbing drinks with my friend 
at some point. And I was, he's like, you're acting kind of weird. And I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I know. I just like have a lot on my mind. And he's like, what? And I showed him the video and he's like, are you kidding me? This is amazing. I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. But I just don't want to talk about it. Like, I don't want, I don't want anybody to know. And he's like, people are going to know. And I, yeah. within, within, so the video got posted within four days, my brother had caught wind and he sends me a text and he's like, you got to tell, you have to, you have to tell mom and dad. And I was like, why would I? When you hadn't that? told your parents at this point? Like I have a video that just went viral on TikTok. No. no. Yeah. And they did it th- at this point. It was 400,000. I remember because I sat them down and I filmed, I filmed it, never put it out. But I was like, I sat them down and they're like, what? And I said, okay, it's not a big deal. Like, I think they thought I was going to say like I was pregnant or something. Oh, absolutely. I was like, they thought you thought we're going to say that you were pregnant. <laughs> and I was like, so I kind of posted this video. It went viral. I have like 400,000 followers. And I was like, it's not a big deal. Like nothing's going to come of it. I said, but if, if someone asks you at work, my mom works at a school. My dad has his yeah. own company. And I was like, just act like, act like you don't know me. Act like you don't know what they're talking about. And they're like, well, they're like, okay. Like they, they did not get it. They did not get Yes. You know, they didn't even know what TikTok was. They didn't know I was posting on there, whatever. And I'm a, I'm a full grown adult. So it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah, right. They didn't, they didn't know that I made skits and bits and videos. Cause I used to put them on my Snapchat for my friends and I'm not like yeah. friends with my parents on social media platforms. And they didn't, they didn't know that I did stuff like that. So they're like, they're like, oh, okay. And my dad, and I was like, okay. And I was like, I'm not gonna your room. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to film in front of the house. Like where I'm not putting yeah. my, I'm trying not to put my last name on stuff. And my, and I was like, oh, I was like, I just want to, we're keeping everything private. And my dad's like, my dad's like, who cares? Who cares if people show up at the house? And I was like, Me. what are we talking? And I was like, do you know how the internet works? And I was like, do we need to sit down no. and have a separate conversation? And I said, no, no. Like, I was like, that's exactly why we're going to act like you don't know what people are talking yep. about. So that's how it happened. And I've just been posting videos ever since. The, I just suddenly becoming, I guess, a content creator um on a on a full-blown scale and now i'm trying to backtrack and be like what if i do long-form content what if i want to do this and that and we talked yesterday but it is the like it's not a hard job in the fact that what's your job make content okay great yeah pretty simple on paper but when you think about how much content engagement like having having to having to do stuff the mental toll that it takes on you and it's like it's constant. It's not a nine to five yep. people's opinions are just tearing you down left and right. Everything. Everyone has an opinion. Everyone's I nitpicking. Imagine that you get that your content is so like your content's hilarious, but it's also really wholesome and observational. I, I can't even, I mean, I, it's the internet. I get it, but it's like there, there the controversy is really serial or milk. <laughs> These are the types of controversies that come up in your content. Cause they're really just, your your cactuses got married. It's just <laughs> so fun. Yeah. Reportedly fun content. Yeah. And I think I really I really don't get that much hate on TikTok or otherwise I don't see it. I think I have the filter on where it kind of filters out like the good. negative. And I had that set before anything happened, but like on Instagram on Reels, they're they're like the new, like they're trying to be yeah. the new TikTok. Oh, people were tearing me apart on there just for everything. And I was like, okay. <sighs> But this, and I was like, I was talking to my friend, I had like an epiphany in my car and I was like, you know, I was like, you know what it is, is, um, cause people always ask me, how do you get the confidence to post? And I was like, I think, I, I think you have to be, you're, you're always going to be your biggest fan and your biggest critic. You yeah. have to be, if you're like 50, 49%, your big, your worst critic, you have to be 51% your biggest fan. Like the only reason I post is because I like my content 
a little bit more than I hate it. As yeah. much as I like look at videos, and I'm like, this isn't funny, but I'm like, and then you look at other stuff. You're like, even if this video is not funny, it's edited well. The lighting is good. Yes. You know, I, 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 I have clothes on besides pajamas. Like if you really break down the content, like how are you, how are you going to fault somebody for like trying and putting in effort? Like, it's not just that it has to be funny. Everything right. I do isn't funny. Like it's not, it's just, a, it's a whole, I mean, I, I feel like I'm the same person from a year ago and I feel like I'll never change. Like I, I've, I've always kind of known who I am and I just yes. kind of, if no one talked to me tomorrow and whatever, like I would still be the same person, but the whole mindset of becoming a content creator and how much I've learned from behind the scenes and how much I just, people are like, you're my role model. You're this. And then I get people like, you're the fattest, most like ugly. You're the unfunniest. I'm like, and yet, okay. and yet a year ago, none of you could care right. less, you know, right. stuff like that. It's, it's the, the personal attacks in women in content creation. I see more than happen to male creators. Um, I also saw a super chat from somebody who was sharing with us that they are in Ireland and things are taxed much more heavily based on sugar content. So they tax things based on how much sugar, which calls us back to the, the subway. The subway. Okay. But so I want to bring that up before it disappeared. I think okay. the content creator, being a content creator and so fast, um, going back and trying, we were talking about this yesterday. There's been some stuff popping off on Twitter with a case that I talk about here on the channel. And one of the things I said is for people, like if you're on social media, more than just in a, hey, I'm on social media, I could shut this down tomorrow and walk away. Once it starts becoming work, it, you don't have as much of the option. I mean, you always do, but you don't have as much of the option as I'll just shut it down and walk away. I was telling people like, get your different email addresses that aren't forward facing. The thing I wish I had known, like the email address I started in college shouldn't be the email address connected to my <laughs> YouTube channel, but yeah. it's too late to go undo it now. <laughs> so yeah. those you, types of things. You really have to like forward think. And I, I mean, I never regret anything that happened this year and how, and how fast it happened. Yeah. But me as a, as a person who's like, I, I, I fully believe in putting in hard work gets you this. So when I turned around, and had a million followers, I was like, I don't deserve this. I haven't made a bunch of content on here. I feel like I'm pulling the sheet over your guy's eyes being like, yeah, maybe she's kind of funny. It's just imposter syndrome. And I have, I have always been like, I, if you tell me what to do to get a million followers, whatever, whatever, I will do it. And I will work so hard. And I, you know, but when we turn around and stuff just happens, because that's how the internet works and people are finding you and everyone is connected through their phone. Yep. And, you know, it's just, it's so hard to juggle. Like, am I supposed to be here? Is this supposed to be happening to me? And then my other part of my brain is like, let's go, let's make the content. Like, you yep. know, maybe, maybe you didn't have the content before, but like, now you have all these people to show it to, like put the work in now. That's why I did the cactus wedding. That's why I ran with that idea. And that's why I did my Anton training series. Like I was like, these are all ideas that I have. So put the work in now and like show people that you're yes. supposed to be here, you know? Absolutely. And I think that's such tremendous advice, but also the thing that struck me and about a lot of the content creators I've gotten to connect with, because the, the YouTube channel growing and the cases that I cover has allowed my channel to be a resource for other creators going, oh, I want to understand why Real Housewife Erica Jane is in bankruptcy all of a sudden. Like, can we talk about that? But the content creators I've gotten to connect with, because I found the space to be very friendly, is really people who are grounded in who they are. So they're like, this is kind of a weird experience, but they don't need the experience to validate who they are. It's like validating yeah. the work, not validating the person. 
is really where I found content creators that are grounded in like, oh, you liked this video I made. Oh, that subject didn't hit with y'all. Okay, we'll change it. But it's never like, oh, you like me. Oh, you don't like me. It's like, I'm just me. Sometimes my content hit. Sometimes my content's like, mm, maybe not this one. Yeah, I think there's a, I mean, I don't know. It's a well-known quote, but it's like, I was listening to, I keep a book of quotes that are just about content creating to be like, I love that. To look back, I have multiple quote books about different parts of my life. But one of them was, uh, someone said on Twitter, they're like, you don't, you don't want to be famous. You want people to respect what you do. And I said, oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I said, if no, if I, if I wore a mask and no one knew me, but they were like, this video is good. That's why my favorite comments are like, I love how much time you put into this. I love how many angles you did. I love yep. that shot of your dog, like that reaction shot. Those always hit harder because I'm like, that's someone seeing the value of how much I put into it and like how much I care. Yeah. You know, I, and I, I mean, granted my channel, I strive for comedy. Like I'm not, I'm not over here to like be a beauty channel. And I, I have never put much um, weight on looks. I just yeah. don't, you know, my mom doesn't wear a lot of makeup. I don't wear a lot of makeup. It has never been ingrained to me. And somehow I like skipped past it in society for the most part where yeah. I was like, I don't care about looks and dressing up. And that's fine. If you do, that's completely fine. But there ha you have to know who you are before yes. the internet knows who you are. Yes. And it's something that I'm like, I'm trying to hold on to so hard and be like, I know, I know who I am. I don't care how many comments I read good or bad. Like I know at the end of the day who I am. And I think yep. My, when people leave comments, like your friends must think you're so funny. And I said, I think my friends don't give a hoot and a holler, you know? And I was like, I'm not making them crack up all the time. I'm just a yes. normal person. I'm probably such a dud in real life. It's, you know, it's a job. I'm trying to make content. I'm with a goal in mind. So, right. you know, just, just stuff like that. It's <laughs> no sharing the intentionality behind it too, is something that we don't talk about. And I think content creators talk about it behind the scenes with each other. Like, what goes into a video, because a lot of us try to make it look effortless. Like, you don't want to watch me struggle to talk to you about something. You want to feel me coming in here, understanding a subject talking to you. You want to feel the point of the story, the humor of the shots. You want to just be immersed in it. Exactly. The work. But it takes work behind the scenes to make it flow like that. And it's something that content creators, we don't always talk about it in the forefront, the work that goes into that. And that's one of the things about TikTok creation that's so fascinating to me is like the planning, the all of the shots when you're like, no, we've got like 40 plus clips to get this edited together. That's a lot of editing work. Yeah. Um, do you find editing to be fun and kind of relaxing and, or does it stress you out? I hated editing in college. It's the, the vein of my existence because I could just film something faster and then be like, here, edit it. Like, but with my vision, whatever. Yes. Um, I think, I think with the setup I have, I use iMovie, which is free on Apple. <laughs> I mean, it's, and it's, and it's like, yeah, I could get those expensive softwares and maybe I'll upgrade at one point. Cause I, I use professional softwares in college, but it's like, it's free. Yeah. And the, 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 the more tricks I learn on iMovie, I think speaks volume to be like, and I, and I made this an iMovie and I yep. did this and this, and I, I looped the system and found a loophole and, you know, and yes. exported it, then brought it back in and did this to it. And it, it just, it's another level to be like, um, there's an, another quote I like is, uh, start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. I mean, I didn't, I, you know, you don't need people like, what do you film on? I was like, my phone, my phone. Like it's not, and maybe it's not the best quality, but Hey, it sure gets the job done, doesn't it? I mean, and people I are mean, filming movies on these phones, though. I mean, oh, yeah. we're not talking like 
We're not talking, you know, a sidekick from 2005. Oh, yeah. Like the phones the are so good. They're so good. And I tell people with YouTube too, I'm like, you've got a phone. If you have a voice and a personality and a thought, just mm-hmm. do it. I don't, I agree with you people. I don't want people to spend, don't spend on the setup. Do what you can with what you have. Yeah. Like I just bought new lights that I'm waiting to come in. Cause I'm right now I'm using like a ring light. I'm like, this thing is garbage. Like this is, and everyone's like, get a ring light. I was like, yeah, it does this job. But like, what about yep. everything else? But I think another thing that I've learned so much this year is I have so, I have so much respect more for small creators than for people like me that TikTok was like, and here's a career run with it. And <laughs> because, because like with my YouTube channel, um, I'm really trying to build that up and do this and figure out, you know, what, what exactly I want this channel to be. And it is, it'd be, if I, if I was a smaller creator and like, it was like my goal to be a YouTube person, it, it is such a, it is such a drag in the sense of like, you put all this time into this video, not a lot of people see it and my, my videos do well. Like it's not, but like on a scale, if I go to TikTok and 500,000 people see this and I go to YouTube and 2000 people watch my YouTube video, even though I spent three times the amount of time on YouTube and really had to do a crazy setup with my camera and this and that, um, smaller creators. Like I understand like how, how that is such a toll on your mentality to be like, I I do all this work and no one sees it. And the only thing you can do is keep making work. Yeah. It is, you, have to be, you have to be so strong up here to really be like, I believe in this. And this is, this is, this is, if enough people saw this, they would like it. And there's always a niche for me. And like, I always say, I'm, I don't need a th- all these followers. I'm just trying to carve out this little space for me to create. And if I can live and make that my own little career, yeah. that's fine. That's where I want to be. I don't need to be Charlie D'Amelio with a hundred right. million. I mean, I, at some point, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Right. Because it, it gets there. I think this was a fantastic comment. Lady Septis said, thank you for this discussion. The insight and advice you and Christine are sharing are really helpful and inspiring. Thank you, lady. (laughs) I appreciate that. And I am trying to get, I know we're not getting to every super chat. I'm definitely trying to get them. I'm going to sweep a few more because people definitely wanted to share. um, Yeah. I'm just babbling over here. (laughs) Well, (laughs) we got a um, Cheerios or donuts. Don't at me. And from the same ketchup is a smoothie. Don't at me. I'm like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go ask for a smoothie and get ketchup, but I'm, I'm uh, allergic to tomatoes. So I don't even know. Ketchup is, but nothing is, but ketchup I, is just one ingredient. I mean, well, I would argue, I would argue. Yeah, I would argue. <laughs> I would argue too. Smoothie requires more, but yeah. um, I absolutely appreciate kind of the breakdown of the insight behind content and content creation. I think the advice for everybody who was listening about having content before you hit is huge advice. Cause when I had one video, I mean, my channel kind of saw it happen. I was on a Friday night live stream that I started doing during the pandemic, just literally like, let's chat about what shit popped off this week. Cause what the fuck's even happening? There's no toilet paper anywhere in Los Angeles. (laughs) This is weird. It's weird, right? (laughs) Can't be together. Let's just get on the internet and talk about how weird everything is. And so at the end of October, I was like, you guys, we're going to get to 5,000 subs. I'm so excited. We've got like 100, 200 people on a live stream. I'm like, you guys, we're doing it. We're doing a thing. We're all here together. And then a video took off and then it was two, 3,000 people, four, 5,000 people, six, 7,000. And then the channel grew from then. Where are we? We're almost at 79. Y'all, we're at 78.9 still. 
Are you going to no, dye correct? your hair at 100,000? Is that correct? Did I hear that correctly? Yes. Purple hair purple. at 100,000. Okay. It's going to look so good. Can we get to 100,000? I'm really ready. Here's the thing. Here's the <laughs> truth. Because again, uh, sub numbers are helpful for my videos. YouTube pushes them out because of watch time because they're in longer form content. Mm -hmm. So having a backlog of content when that one video did well and people started finding me, they started going back and watching the back content. Mm -hmm. So then everything that went out, YouTube was like, oh, people are hanging out here. Cool. Wa go watch this more because people are hanging out here. Then for 50,000, I did an ASMR video for, <laughs> for the reading of the Constitution. Yeah. <laughs> On the little that. ASMR channel. And people are like, this is fantastic. And we had fun <laughs> with it. But my oldest is like, look, mom, I mean, I know you like the YouTube thing and you are doing YouTube almost exclusively and then consulting work. He's like, but until you get a play button, you're not really like a real YouTuber. And I'm like, okay. I need to go out with my junior <laughs> high school student. Like that's literally where it is. I love our law nerds. I'm the, the amount of people we have, we have such an amazing conversation and so much fun, which is why you got looped into our Twitter wild. <laughs> Of everybody being like, we want to talk about it. We want to talk about it. But yeah, clout for my 13-year-old. And then my eight-year-old has a very dry and savage sense of humor. And so I've got the little sub counter because we, we've we been keeping track. And then subs that find my videos go back and are like, wait, on that video, it was like at 16. I was like, I know, it's crazy. Know. So it's we're just kind of tracking the progress. And he's like, but mom, like the YouTubers I watch all have an M after their number. Like, why do you have a K after your number? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay, let's just pack it up. I guess we're not, yeah. Like. You're right. You're right, buddy. I do have a K after my number and not an yeah. M after. Thanks. So my kids <laughs> have definitely kept me um, honest with it. My my neighbors have started being like, oh my God, no, on Friday nights, we like put up your live stream on the TV and like watch while we're eating dinner. <laughs> Really? <laughs> you want to watch my goofy ass? The weirdest thing I had with that is on Friday, I still stream on both Facebook and on YouTube because my parents cannot figure out the YouTubes. Oh. And they like watching Friday Night Live on Facebook. And my dad always pops in and says hello. And one of my dad's friends was watching the stream and saw me pull it up on screen and texted him, wait, Emily's your daughter? Because that's my maiden name. Oh, okay. Not my, like, I'm Baker now, but... Now my parents' friends are reaching out to them going like, wait, Emily Baker is actually like your daughter. Like, really? Yeah. So it's been a very interesting transition as people have like started. Yeah. <laughs> and it's nuts. And I've, I mean, just talking yesterday and, you know, hearing yep. today, like the, the community that you have built, like you, you seem very tapped in. You understand who's watching, like you understand where people are coming from and, you know, you know, you know, the source. And that's, that's another thing I think with small creators, like as you build, like it does, it does feel like a community. Yeah. It feels like, you know, the longer you've been here, it feels like you have more sorority, like, or seniority, like being like, and I have a couple <laughs> like people like that who they'll comment on my videos. If someone's like, wait, what's with the cactus? Someone will be like, you didn't see the wedding and this and that. Yeah. Your community will be like, you're new here. We yeah, got you. Yeah, Let us tell like, you how it is. When you, when you grow and you can like see the people coming and this and the shift and everything. And it's, you really get more of a sense of community. I think every day I'm trying, I, when I make content, I'm like, I, I still can't get a grasp on who my audience is when I look at analytics and it's, you know, it's women in this age group, age group. And I was like, that means nothing. Right. And I said, are these nurses, are these teachers, are these moms, are these, you know, are these aunts? Like, are, you know, 
it's it's so important. I think for a long time you can have a blind eye to who your audience is and just generalize them, but it really makes more sense to understand like who keeps coming back, who's yeah. watching this. Like people are like, I I put it on when I fold laundry. I'm like, okay, so my audience is like doing chores, need a background noise. Yeah. I fill that void, and that's fine. But it's I I'm always trying to extract that data and build a community like yours to be like. I know where we're coming from. I know that you were doing this and that, and now the neighbors are watching and stuff like that. And <laughs> it's always it's always a goal of mine to like figure out who who I'm talking to. Yeah, it's been really the community part has always been my goal on YouTube because when I I started YouTube, God, it feels like ages ago now. But when I was still working as a district attorney and I was doing like some tech reviews and unboxing because I was going through back surgeries, and so I was stuck at home. I couldn't talk about law stuff. All my friends and acquaintances are at work all day. And because of my, by that point, I was in my later 30s. And so like literally everybody's at work all day. And I'm like, I have no one to hang out with. I have no one to talk to. <laughs> and started kind of going into the tech tube space because I couldn't talk about law because I was hired as a DA. Yeah. So YouTube was really a sense of community. And I've always approached it from that. And then I was with um, my friend Warren, who who we've chatted with who everybody in the chat knows is Octonation. And we were at a, a small mastermind and the Kanye West contracts started popping off on Twitter. And I was freaking out. I was like, you guys, oh my God, you guys, oh my God. And people are like, what? And I'm like, no, like all, like I'm screenshotting stuff. I'm like, there's no way some lawyers aren't on the phone immediately. Like take these down. And then he's like peeing on a Grammy. And I'm like, you guys, you guys, you guys. Kanye West is leaking all of his own contracts yeah. onto the internet. Like, these are hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of contracts that we would never get to see. But for him just being like, here's this, here's that. And my friend Warren is like, will you stop talking to people who are like, I don't even know what you're talking about and just go in front of a camera and find your people who also want to be like, oh my God, oh my God, y'all, shit's going down. Yeah, I love that. When you were talking, so because I mean, I'm still like new to your channel and it takes me a second to backlog, you know, watching your channel. Like well, my content's fuck long. I, and I was like, okay, I was putting it on as I was editing and I like looked over and my phone was like a 10% battery. I was like, I need to plug. I was like, I need to, like, let's, I need an extender. I can't, we're in the middle of the video. Um, do you, I was listening to your Trisha Paytas video for like a, a snippet yesterday. I was getting yep. coffee. Um, I just wanted to ask you, like, do you, subs do you in your mind subscribe more to social media drama or do you like to look at it? with the ramifications of like the legality and what this means moving forward. Like, do you necessarily like all, all the, all the, the drama and the nitpicking and the cattiness, but, or do you like it for the bigger? I watch it because I got sucked into beauty tube sometime around drama again, one, because I liked the commentary channels. And so I, I got pulled <laughs> in with the commentary community and then was like, Oh, and now I want to see what these people are up to. I love the ongoing like telenovela of it all. And it's fascinating watching how people respond to stuff. On, on YouTube, I really do keep it to breaking down contracts. I like the pop culture law. Mm. I really think that people not understanding the laws that govern our lives is bullshit. But people are like, I don't really understand defamation. I'm like, well, I can show you living examples of that through this lawsuit with players that you're already invested in, you're watching play out. And so... In, in the YouTube space, really breaking down pop culture, I do some news just to bring understanding around, like, why is this even happening? Well, this is what the law is, and this is what it says. 
when I am on Instagram, I really felt strongly about what was happening to Trisha Paytas in talking about the kind of digital and virtual assault and that assaultive behavior online. Cause everybody watched it happen. And some people are like, this is tea. I'm like, a lot of what she does is trolling. This, this thing is not tea like this. And that's just coming from a background of how can we make this thing that happened a moment where we can talk about what that looks like. Cause whether you've experienced it or whether you're a parent and your kid in junior high is going to experience it. Cause yeah. I can't even imagine junior high with social and somebody's like calling you out in a class discord server or screaming about you on Instagram that way, it would feel so much more yeah. um, personal when everyone sees you being embarrassed or assaulted or what have you. So mm-hmm. I love the pop culture stuff because it's so easy to tell the story through things that are playing out. I mean, people are watching the Erica Jane from Real Housewives divorce plus bankruptcy plus federal investigation plus criminal investigation we know the players and they're still, she's still doing stuff on Instagram. So everybody's like, we're watching it happen in real time. Yeah. I always, yeah. It's like the, <laughs> it's like, like three steps above a TV show. Cause it's not just what they edited together. It's like, yes. and then, and then you're watching her post on her Instagram and then you watch her go and do this. Yes. And then she shows up here and you're like, you know, you're, you're like your own little investigative reporter, but I loved like, well, I, I was like scrolling through your, your thumbnails and stuff. And I, I love that you, like do talk about the law and the lawsuits. Cause I mean, that has always interested me and the amount of contracts that I've seen in the last year from all the social media blow up. I mean, yep. I don't understand how to read contracts and what I've signed and what I, what I haven't. And, you know, again, creators don't talk about that. And a lot of times they can't, like you can't talk about right. your brand deals and your this and that and what you've signed. And it's, it's, it's so confusing, but then yeah. when like something negative happens and they blow up and they're suing this person and how Jeffrey Star is going to sue that app for using his likeliness or, you well, know, that we can talk about that. Um, yeah. I saw like a tweet about it and I was like, well, it does kind of look like him. <laughs> it does look exactly. It had his tattoos on the neck, yeah. but Jeffree Star is also being sued for the exact same thing at the moment because he oh, was he selling. He, have you heard about this? I didn't hear that he was getting sued. No, so he's in Well, Jeffree Star cosmetics is in a lawsuit with the estate of Anna Nicole Smith. He had a lip color called Anna Nicole, and then he used his tattoos. One of which is her likeness as the, some of the marketing materials and as the paper to wrap it in when it shipped. So the estate was like, you didn't license her name from us. And the shade he's talked in public, the shade was taken and created from photographs of her to match the red shade that she wore and that should be licensed. And so the, they're trying to settle it. There was just a document filed saying that they're trying to go to mediation with it to settle it, to pay licensing, which is the right thing to do. If somebody uses your name or your likeness, and yeah. California has very strong rules with regards to name and likeness for deceased um, celebrities as well, because it's California. So he's being sued for the exact same thing. So when that popped up, I was like, oh, isn't that interesting? Because yeah. exactly what these things kind of parallel, but people are like, I never even thought about name and likeness and apps. There was a huge case with EA Sports when they did the college football games because they would use all these college athletes and D1 football players and their names and likeness, and they didn't license any of them. They didn't pay the schools. They didn't pay the kids. And they yeah. stopped playing the game after the lawsuit. That's like, okay, uh, TikTok has the what, 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 what do you mean? Is that the game? No. Yeah. And they use, I get tagged all the time. They're like, they use, there's like a card of me in the game. And I said, no, no, it's, it's Brittany Broski, which I get compared to a lot. Right. Um, 
But I, they're like, did you get money for that? Did they ask you? And I said, well, obviously it's not me. So no, but I was like, is that the same? Yes. But does, doesn't TikTok own your accounts and whatever? Is that, do they have to own, it owns some of your content, but not the right to your name and likeness. Okay. So then I had heard, I had heard how she became a meme with the kombucha faces. I mean, I, I had heard. You know, once you, isn't that kind of like the rule of thumb? Once you become a meme and it, it gets out of hand, it's so hard to reel back in that that's like, that's my likeliness. And this is, it's so, there's so many sources of it and there's so much garbage out there using it that it's, it's so hard to claim it and reel it back in when, it, when it it's gone. It can be very expensive to reel it back in, okay. but when you have a particular company, if what do you mean is making a physical game with it on it, okay. there should be licensing there, but a lot of creators are like, the amount of time and stress and money it's going to cost me to find a lawyer, I don't know if it's worth it. This happened. Um, I, I was obsessed with this case, too, because as a DA, we loved the Honey Badger um, voiceover of the actual Honey Badger. This is the Honey Badger. He don't give a shit. Viral from like 2006, 2007, like OG YouTube days. Yeah. And he trademarked a number of the phrases, but not all of them. And so Hallmark made cards in kind of the derivative other phrases. And he ended up in litigation for years with Hallmark over using honey badger, don't give a shit, which was his like viral moment. But I don't think creators think about it when something goes viral, like, oh shit, I need to start trademarking this. Like, who do you even call for that? Like when you're at home going, oh oh my God, now I have 250,000 subs. Like, do I need to trademark aloe the cactus? Like, do I copyright on the likeness of my cactus? Like, you, that's not the first thing you think of. The first thing you think of is like, I don't want my neighbors to know who I am. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And it's because you just have an experience. I know I didn't have anything to trademark before. And you know, I, I, that's a whole nother side of the business, but okay. So with the hallmark and with Jeffree star using her yep. likeness and all. So, so what is, what is the game in the, in the business, in the legal, in the legal world? There's no one that looked at Jeffree Star's product and said that's going to be a lawsuit, or they do it, and they and they just hope that they're going to win on the. What is what is the thought process? Because sometimes you're like, that seems obvious. They shouldn't do that. That sounds like it's going to be a legal battle. Yada yada yada. But is it sometimes like they're just poking the bear and they they're hoping that you say poking the bear? We're dealing with a lawsuit here where one of the members of the lawsuit got four cease and desists. And so we say poking the bear quite a lot. Jeffree oh, um, <laughs> Star stuff, I don't know if he runs everything through corporate counsel. Like I, he has counsel. I don't know if he runs everything through them. What I would have preferred, like if if I'm the lawyer of Star Cosmetics, which not, but if I were, I would be like, look, you need to run shade names and product names by us so that we can run a check on it. And I know they did that with the conspiracy palette because they wanted to call something like root beer and root beer can't be used because it's trademarked for certain things. I'm like, who's got root beer trademarked for makeup already? Okay, AW, we see you, you go. Yeah. And it becomes, it. there's only so much real estate in the intellectual property space. So it becomes this grab of intellectual property. If you think something might hit in the creator space, it's like, oh, I said this thing. And it's like, oh, is that going to take off? Do I want to make merch out of it? Could it be a book title? Like, how much does it identify my brand? And do I need to grab that real estate because yeah. you can license it and it becomes an asset of your company? And then down the road, if you're like, look, I, you know, I'm passing on the rights on Christine Snaps. I'm writing my own, you know, late night show 
we're doing the air horn noises. We don't, yeah. <laughs> don't need some of this stuff anymore. You can sell the rights to that. And there's, there's value in ownership of that intellectual property because there's only so much of it. So gotcha. okay. for me, the play is to run it by. Like I get suggestions. I say shit and people are like, we need merch that says this. I'm like, I need to run a trademark search on it before I put it on a, a shirt. Because I say, we've got a lot. They're scrolling in the chat. We have a lot of uh, catchphrases here yeah. on the channel. So it's one of those things where I'm like, let me run a trademark search. Let me see what I want to do. Because what you'll see is they pop up. I'm sure you've had stuff pop up on Etsy that's like your cactus and stuff, but it's not you. Oh yeah. My name, yeah. someone made full on merch and it's a, like Christine snaps merch. And they had sent and they had sent, they had the audacity to send me some. And then when I tried to look up their company to thank them, they were already selling it on their website. And I said, Oh, you'll never, Oh, I'll never wear this. Oh, you'll, I was like, Oh, and you're, you'll never hear from me. And I was, and I, this was like two months in and I said, Oh, I have no, I had no money to yep. do anything. I had no legal representation and I had no manager to be like, and what do I do about this? Someone just stole, you right. know, a, they're just using my name on something besides me, like confronting them. And I said, I don't know where that's going to get me. So I was like, cut, cut the tie ignored. They'll never see the stuff. And I, I haven't checked back in on it. I pro probably should, but it's, <laughs> I'm it's, a one woman show over here. And I was like, I don't have all time to do. I hate the, the, the business side and the legal side, like scares me. It confuses me. And I, it's something I got to get better at for sure. It's hard. And it's hard to know where you need to start with that. If you haven't had to deal with it, especially as stuff blows up. And if you're in a group of creators and this is something I see with musicians too, but if you're in a group of creators that are all kind of at the same place where you were before you went viral, nobody's had to deal with it yet. So it's like, you're looking around going, what do, what do we do? And then it's like, I don't want to be that creator that's like DMing a bigger creator going like, hey, I know we don't know each other, but yeah. uh, I don't really know anyone in this space. Yeah. <laughs> can, oh you, can you help? Yeah. So I have walked strange. a fine line of DMing people to be like, hello, um, can I ask you a quick question about something? And then they're like, so, some of them are so nice about it. And then I just like unload on them. Cause I'm like, well, if I never talk to them again, I just need to ask all my questions right now. And I was like on like a voice memo, like chat for like an hour with a big Instagrammer being like, and how do I do this? And yeah. like, what, how do, who do I contact for brand deals? And like, you know, does this make sense? Like, what am I supposed to be looking out for? And they're like, you just, you just got to do it and figure it out. And there's a YouTube channel called Colin and S Samir, I think Samir, no, Colin Samir. And they just put out a podcast, a mini podcast and a video about like the, the worst brand deal emails they've ever had. And it was like, the grammar's yep. wrong. They don't, yep. they, they, you can tell it's like an automated message. And, and I was like, okay. And like, it was just, I was like, oh my God, I've gotten some of those. And I was like, so I'm not the only one. I'm not the only yes. one that gets these emails. And I'm like, you know, as a, as a person who's like, someone wants to work with me, I should email them back. Yeah. And it's like, I, hello like, creator. We like your channel and or content. Yeah. Sorry. I love the, sorry to bother you again. I was like, I've never gotten an email from you before. I don't know who yep. you'd be bothering again. And I was like, I'm already bothered right now. And then, you know, it's just, you have to navigate that space like crazy. And I can understand why smaller creators like get into and new creators get into like blunders and legal stuff. Cause you just don't know. And there's you, it's, it's like, you, you, it's so hard to figure out who you can trust too. Yeah. Even if you're like, even if you're like with a management team and they're, you're working together and who works for who and whatnot, it's like, do you really have my best interest or am I one of 70? And you know, it's, it's just food for thought to you. And, and you know, this is my career. This is, yes. this, if I'm building a brand and a company and a presence around myself, 
everything matters. Everything yes. matters. You know, yes. I can't hide behind a company and be like, well, this company, you know, I work for this company and we made a bad decision. It's like, no, no, my name's on everything. It's me yes. and it's you. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's scary. And it's a, a constant everyday realization. And again, for thinking to be like, and what's my next step? And what does this mean? And how does this come off? And how yes. do I, how do I make sure I'm being smart about this? Did you see what happened with Jojo Siwa recently with her board game? Yes, exactly. What that's, I- that's exactly what it is. And for those in the chat who are like, I don't even follow Jojo Siwa. Look, guys, me neither, but legal related. Yeah. Jojo Siwa had a board game targeted at six-year-olds. And some of the questions were very off-putting if you're the parent of a six-year-old and a mom was pulling out these game questions just on TikTok going, these are the questions. Do you know how to twerk? Have you ever lo- left the house without your underwear on? Bathing yeah. suits don't count. He, he, like, groomy type of questions. And Jojo Siwa had to be like, look, m- someone on my team made that decision. But at the end of the day, her name's on the box. I'm sure behind the scenes, lawyers are calling lawyers going, how the fuck did this happen? This is brand damaging. Yeah. Jojo Siwa is the one who has to get on camera and be like, look, um, I didn't, I didn't approve this that has my name on it, which is also embarrassing. Yeah. She made, I mean, I saw it on TikTok, but she had yeah. made a video addressing it. And I thought the apology was good. Like she, yeah. she came off s- sincere to me and seemed like, yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did make a mistake, but I, I, I know that it's me. It comes back to me. But at the same, like, I am so anal about stuff like that. That's yeah. why, that's why the legal side really messes with me mentally. Cause I'm like, I don't understand the contract. And I, and I really want to, I really want you to sit down with me and tell me what all these things mean. Because I, you know, I, I told you yesterday, I lost, yeah. I, my cactus video, I had lost that video. Have you talked about this publicly yet? Um, I think maybe I'd mentioned it somewhere, but not really. I, I, I had lost. I Tell, give us the background of what happened. Cause I know you and I got to talk and the chat's like, we didn't get to hang out with Emily and Christine. Yesterday. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> two. So like, I want to say two weeks after that video, people, the one that went viral. Yeah. The million, Kat, yeah. How many millions of views does that video have right now? Do you know? Roughly? Right now it has 36 million. <laughs> That's an insane number. <laughs> I know. That's insane. I, I mentioned it in the the bathroom video YouTube that I posted yesterday, but I was like, that's more views than like some box office movies get. And I don't think that makes sense to me at all. But I was like, that's (laughs) crazy. And and just thinking, I like slapped that up on the internet. And I was like, people spend years making movies. (laughs) That did better. Um, But probably two weeks after, two, three weeks after I did that, I had gotten an Instagram going with the yeah. same account name. And I was reposting videos because also around that time, like a month later, that's when TikTok was like, we're getting banned. We're shutting yes. down. And my friend was like, get on other platforms, start right. reposting, move your audience, like when you can. And I've done, I, I want to, I want to say I've done a really good job of that. My Instagram account is like, we're at like a uh, six, the high six forty thousand. And lot. I, and when I look at other TikTokers, I'm like, they're not moving people like right. somehow I did. And it was, it was some other branding on the side that I had done, but, um, about three weeks in, I'm getting DMS from people and other pages being like, we'll repost your video, uh, with, you know, with credit, whatever. And I was like, Oh my God, that's more, that's like more exposure. I was like, is that a good right. idea? Should I do that? And then a couple of them were like, sign this release and we'll, you know, throw it up. And it was some big companies. And I was like, 
oh my gosh, cool. And I'm like trying to, I look at this release. I'm not really looking at it. I don't know what I'm supposed to be looking for. I don't know what exclusive versus non-exclusive means yet. I just, and I'm like, what? And then some, some big company, uh, not necessarily like being in social media, but big, like behind the scenes and they do a lot of claiming and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. They, they had done the same thing. And I signed a thing and I signed away the video, the rights to it. Yeah. Essentially everything. I couldn't use it. I couldn't, I have made merch off of it. I couldn't repost whatever. Right. And I ownership of it. They owned that intellectual property. Yeah. And I, (laughs) I just, that was probably one of the worst days of my life because it felt like everything had been ripped out from under me without me knowing. And it was just one video, but it was the video. It was the video. And I remember my, my friend who was acting as my manager, his dad works in TV and knew something about contracts, but he's like, he's like, why did you sign that? Like at three in the morning, he's like, why did you sign this? And I said, sign what? He said, you signed this. And this says that they own the video. And I was like, I did. And it's, I, it was like some, it was like someone had punched me in the face at three in the morning I was like hyperventilating, crying. And I was like, oh my God, I, I threw it away. I don't have it. I can't even, I can't even tell other pages that they could repost it because I don't even own it anymore. Right. And I, oh, I just, I didn't know what to do. And I was like crying and I didn't, I was, I oh. wanted to quit right there. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I was like, for someone to come in and pull the wool over my eyes and to steal my, steal my video. And yeah. I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't like this world. I don't like where people are trying to manipulate me. And whatever, like I just want to be left alone. But somehow we he was my friend is very calm headed. He's like, I'm gonna whoever owns this page, I'm gonna go on top of that. And yep. they got a hold of the company and we're on a three-way phone call with them. And he his dad's looking at the contract and they're texting me. And he goes, We would like the video back. And the company goes, Okay, okay, but you know, it's on if people have posted it to YouTube, you know, if, if you let us work with you and we we keep you know ownership of it we can start claiming money of people that are making off of it and yada 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 and i'm texting him on this about i was like get my video back and i said i I was like i don't care i was like play nice be respectful get them to sign that it it transfers back to us yeah and they we got another contract his dad looked over it like three times my dad's looking at it like you know and they don't know anything and right we got the right we got the rights back and then that company tried to turn around and be like if you ever want to work together in the future and i was like why would i why would i ever work with a company that basically just stabbed me in the back before you even saw my face and i was like absolutely not and i was like that was such a big lesson i wrote that in my i wrote that in my little marketing handbook i said don't sign anything that was like the first point we're gonna talk about that for sure but in the chat um Isha J said 36 million is all of Canada's population. Just for some context for you, the Rothschilds come through with like, yes. Oh my gosh. I'm writing that down. That's cool. That's going like in a, a notebook. I have a journal I've been keeping. I don't you like should, diaries, the book. But I've kept, I've kept a journal of like, and today this, this celebrity saw my video and I've written stuff down. 36 million is the population of Canada. Oh my God. There we go. So we are starting to talk on this channel about wedding dress designer Haley Page. It's my podcast episode tomorrow. She lost, well, she sold. This is also why you were able to get the video back. It sounds like they did not pay you for it. You signed over rights to them to like manage it on your behalf, which means you're able to then revoke that because they didn't buy it from you. So it gave you a better position to say, no, we, we are revoking our 
you know, authority to you to have the rights of this and manage it for us, which down the road, you can have people claim the copyright on your behalf and what have you. You're not going to need to. You'll have someone on your team handle it. But when she signed at 25 years old with the company that she is involved in litigation with JLM Couture, the contract is we own the rights to your name in this way. We're going to trademark your name. We're going to do this. And it's in perpetuity, which in legal words is forever. Like from Sandlot, forever. (laughs) Perpetuity. Forever. Like even your kids don't have the rights to make money off of your name. So she is, this is where this fight is going back and forth. And she's built her personal brand alongside of her designing brand, but all under Miss Haley Page. All of her ads are Miss Haley Page, but they own the rights to Haley Page. So down the road, even if she gets her Instagram account back, which she might not because the business claims they own it, the court's given it to the business temporarily while litigation's pending. Um, And she's in this last thing I'm breaking down, she's posting her social blade in this legal document showing when they took over and the social blades just like, yeah, like they, my fans are mad that you are in control of my page. And now I'm, I don't have anywhere to build her whole platform was taken breaking with this company. She can't design under her name, but she also lost all of her social media. So she can't do the brand deals because she can't use her name, but her, the value is in her personal brand of her name so when we talk about naming and claiming, it really is my first step with all of my people who want to do personal brands. I'm like, name it and claim it in a unique way that's yours. Like, I love Christine's snaps. You're like, that's me. Yeah. Like, And <laughs> it's you with a little bit of anonymity. There's another creator on YouTube who goes by Creepshow Art. And she's like, look, these the ability to be a little bit more anonymous is very forward thinking. I don't know. Are you familiar with Corpse Husband? I mean, probably because viral. But you're like, no, Corpse Husband? Yeah. Uh, He went viral on, well, he's gone viral in multiple places. He's a musician. He's a faceless YouTuber with millions and millions and millions of followers. He also does Among Us voiceovers. But his, he has a three or four million view Twitter video of him just breathing. It is a, it is a raving fan base. It is a raving fan base. He has a very, very, very uniquely deep voice. So okay. he's among us with this deep voice, but he's a faceless YouTuber under a pseudonym under Corpse Husband. All of his music goes out under Corpse Husband. I'm like, there you go. You trademark Corpse Husband. If you ever choose to sell the brand, you walk away and no one knows that that was you unless they hear you in the supermarket and are like, wait a second. Yeah. I'm like that guy who plays among us with those famous people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't believe she's like would sign all that away. I think she got paid. Paid. Oh, really? Okay. Paid. But still, it. to sign oh, away no. your name and your identity is like beyond social media and marketing yeah. and business. Like, I, I hope I never get into that sort of situation where it's like someone just took my identity. It's the closest thing to like yes. getting your identity stolen. It's like yes. you are not. You can't be who you are because you don't own the rights anymore. That bugs. You don't own the rights to your name. And she was, she had a recent video talking about it saying this happened to Kate Spade, which it did. Kate Spade built Kate Spade and sold the company and didn't have the rights to use her name in any marketing capacity. Yeah. Um, Same with like Bobby Brown makeup. And the same thing happened to Prince. It's why he changed his name to a symbol because his record label owned the rights to Prince. Yep. I don't know any of that. Yeah, I agree. No. <laughs> right. We dive, we dive, we dive deep. Also, the Prince symbol thing 
probably happened before you were aware. And then by the time you're like, oh, I know who Prince is. Oh, it's the symbol. You don't, the story's kind of gone. But this yeah. happens in the recording industry all the time where people sign contracts. And in the recording industry contracts where the contract holder, the label can extend your contract. So you're like, I don't, this happened to Kesha. I don't want to work with you anymore. Exactly. I yeah. think you're awful. And they're like, that's adorable back in the studio. Cause you can't get out of this contract and we can force you to work. Yeah. So we're a creative. I can't imagine. And at first when Kanye was complaining about this, I was like, Oh, come on, really shut up. And then when I sat down <laughs> and thought about it, I was like, no, the cr understanding creative process better. The more I create things, I'm like, I don't understand what it would feel like to be like, no, you have to sit down and create, you have to create. And it's like, but I don't like you. I don't want to create for you. I don't want you making money off of me. And then yeah. having to be creative in that space and then still having to put out something that you're proud of. Cause you don't, if you're a creative, even if you're mad, you still don't want to put out shit that you're embarrassed of. Yeah. Nothing bothers me more than like a, a deadline when I'm like, Oh yeah, it has to be done by, I mean like deadlines are good. It keeps work flowing, but I'm like, Oh, I just, I've done like a couple of brand deals where they're like, and we need it within 24 hours. And I'm like, no, oh. I was like, Oh, we just, Oh, we so just want magic just to happen. And I was like, yeah, so that's just my fault that I suddenly have to like pull stuff out of my, you know, butt to be like, oh, and here's an acceptable video that works with your brand that will do well on my channel. And I'm like, uh, okay. And again, I'm like, I'm new to this. So I'm like, is that an acceptable amount of time? That doesn't seem like an acceptable amount of time. Like, you know, what's, what, what is, what is the like standard that's yeah the whole kesha thing was was is is nuts what 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 was with um taylor swift she lost the masters is that what she re-recorded yes so and and because i paralleled the kanye west stuff with the taylor swift stuff even though they had like this beef they ended up in the same place with owning masters and when her record label sold they would not bring her to the table to sell them to her so they sold them to her nemesis, Scooter Braun, who she's been very public about how much she hates. But then yeah. he has some of the licensing rights to choose how music is used or not used. They were trying to block her from performing at the AMAs because she was winning like a Artist of the Decade Award. And she's like, I want to perform a collection of my music to celebrate this library of work. And they didn't want to release the performance rights to her because she was still in beef with them. And he's tried to get her to sign... NDAs that she'll never talk badly about him. And she's like, no, no, what we're not doing is I'm not going to lose my voice any further. Yeah. She, I have not always been a huge Taylor fan. I have so much respect for the way she stood up in business mm -hmm. and stood up for other creators. When she signed her new record deal, she had a part of her new record deal that included like, if there was a Shopify buyout of rights, how it would be distributed to all the artists on the label. Um, she withheld her catalog from Apple music when she felt that the cut wasn't fair and she's like and they're like oh we'll do this cut for you and she's like no 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 what i didn't mean was the cut for me i meant for everyone yeah. so i'm holding my album my library of music from apple music when it was starting and i'm sure apple marketing was like you'll be featured it'll be great whole new demographic like these old bitches driving their kids to school <laughs> they'll listen to your music streaming on apple music it'll be great and taylor's like until this is fair for everyone I'm holding back the rights to my music. And that's, that takes some self-awareness to be like, it's not about the money. It's about what I've created. Yeah. And I and think that's why, why some creators get pushed into a corner because it's like, I again, with that, that Colin Simmer, that YouTube video, they brought up a brand deal that it was like, they were going to pay 10, 10 TikTok videos for $70. No. To promote a water bottle. 
And no. he's and he was like, I don't care how small of a creator you are, like in respect. He's he's like, that's that would never be an acceptable amount of money, whatever, whatever. And I was like, yeah. And it's it takes a lot of forefront and a I think a place in your career for Taylor to be like, and I'm and I'm not gonna do that because I have the option. And a lot of people that's like uh artists who are unsigned. Yeah. I think like I don't know if he still is, but Hoodie Allen is a like a pop rapper <laughs> sort of thing. He I, I for the longest time, like his biggest like thing he pushed on social media that he's like an unsigned, yep. he's trying to do it on his own. He doesn't believe in like all of that legality of people telling you what to do and when to put out the songs and how they should sound and how you should market. And I've always there's way a lot of respect, but it's also not the easy road. It's not the easy road at all. And I think one of the things we're seeing with this is as people aren't, it used to be that marketing agencies placed ad buys and marketing agents talked to other marketing agencies and they all kind of knew what the going rate was for stuff. And so there was this kind of market awareness. And now with creators, creators get nervous talking to other creators about brand deals. I think creators get nervous. Like, well, are they telling me the truth? Like, is that like, what are you getting for 30 seconds? What are you getting for a minute? Like, how much are you creating for this brand? How much are they paying you? And on YouTube, like, are they paying you cash? Are they paying you a CPM on how many views you get? And so there's no market knowledge anymore because creators don't have that. Like, this is what a going rate is for a creator in this size. This is what a going rate is here. This is what's acceptable. This is what's not acceptable. So you get creators that don't know undercutting the market by accident because they're like, you want to give me 50 bucks for that? I mean, I guess it's 50 bucks. I never know if a video is going to perform. Sure, I'll take 50 bucks. Or or even, oh, you want to give me a thousand bucks for 15 (laughs) seconds? Like that seems bananas to me. It's like, right, but this other creator is going to undercut it at a hundred bucks. And then this other creator is going to be like, uh, no, 5K or I'm not, you we're not chatting. Yeah. It's like if we were all on the same page a little bit more, maybe it would regulate out in our in a creator and yes. to benefit creators. But that's also if you look at media in general, I mean, I feel like yes. When when you look at TV and slots for commercials and Super Bowl, like they have it pretty regulated in the sense of like you like this is how you do it. This is like what people are paying yada yada yada. It seems like it's it's like a little old and stale, but it's figured out. Yes. Then when you look at social media, you're like, well, Instagram versus Facebook versus YouTube versus yeah. this type of ad versus like a um, post versus a story versus verse. Yeah. Is the, yeah. is the video dedicated to it? Are you just putting the product in? Like, is it product integration? There's just so many different avenues to take. So you have to, and you have to know your worth and how much time you're putting in versus like other people who just slap videos together. I mean, yeah. is my channel worth more because I put more time into the videos or yada, yada, yada. And it's just, and it's just, and then you look at, and I, and I thought, I thought when I had started social media and I was like, I've seen, I've seen Instagram ads for years. I thought they had it figured out. I thought behind (laughs) the scenes, everyone was like, and it's this much for an Instagram ad based on two things, engagement, followers, done deal, whatever. Right. And then when I, once I saw TikTok and it boomed during the pandemic because everybody's at home everyone's at home and it it benefited me tremendously, but it was, then I'm talking to other creators and they said, TikTok is the wild west. TikTok, people aren't claiming that it's an ad. They're not doing hashtag ad. They're not, they're not following the rules. Copyright, copyright music is all over the place. There's loopholes to like use songs, but not give credit. And they're like, they don't have it figured out. And I, I managers who were, uh, who I was talking with, um, just calling me up, checking in on me, seeing who I was. I was flat out asking them, like, 
what's up with TikTok? And they said, oh, they're like, oh, businesses don't understand TikTok. They haven't wrapped their brains around it yet. Right. They don't know. They don't know what to offer you and what it's going to do for them. So you got to play the game. And I'm like, yep. okay, I, I thought you guys had this figured out already. They're like, no, businesses are now just catching on. Of yeah. how, this was like in February, last a year ago. You know, businesses are just catching on to the potential. You know, the, the uh, was it dog face 420 with the cranberry yeah. juice? Are you kidding? Like, and they didn't, he didn't, that wasn't a brand deal when he no. ran around on a skateboard with a thing of cranberry no. juice. Just no. the luck of the draw. The All day, the brand the deals time. now. And then he's got every celebrity in the world with the ocean spray. Ocean exactly. spray is sitting there going, oh, thank God. But what if, like, Dogman doesn't seem to be very super controversial, but he does smoke mm -hmm. a ton of weed on his, oh, on yeah. his truck. What if ocean spray is like, our investors are not cool with being aligned in this way? Like, it's very interesting how that works. Because if you're on a show on Bravo and one of the housewives is like, I just want to drink from my cup, they will blur this. Oh on yeah, because they don't have the rights to show it. But on TikTok, it's fair game. I was at a media law panel a number of years back, and they were talking about how it was how the movie industry was trying to work with influencers. And so it's all the lawyers from the major movie studios talking about the lack of brand management and how the lawyers trying to do brand deals for the studio are trying to interface directly with like 20 year olds and how the disconnect happens and then how like they don't get what they thought they expected, but they're not translating lawyer to creator. So the creators aren't sure what's expected of them either. And it's, they're still struggling to catch up. And then some creators are like, oh, you're going to fly me to Hawaii for this brand deal. Okay. Yeah. But are they going to pay for where you stay? Are they going to pay for food? Like, yeah, they flew you out there, but how much are you going to spend? Are you getting paid? Cause you can't pay your rent with a flight to Hawaii, even though it's <laughs> on your Insta. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, with the the dog face 420 that the guy that did the video it's i mean it, it you you see how much more i mean a brand the way that went viral and the amount of celebrities and the amount that their stock and their yes. sales went up you, who in that boardroom turned around and said he smokes too much weed we got to pull back this can't be our thing no no the company no. now the company now bends yep. and bends around this while, while it's happening whatever it's it's so they sent him a truck in their car, brand color yeah i don't even in their know. brand color i see him i see him going so many I, I see him on instagram sometimes i see him going so i think we're friends on tiktok i see him go so many i bet your friends on tiktok you have and he's on all these trips and you can tell like everything is like he's just he did so many brand deals that he has like money 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 um but it, it's crazy to be like you're gonna wrap your company around me because yeah. I went viral and did this and did that and yada, yada, yada. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. The power of social media and the internet. Yeah. And it, it happens all the time. It happens all the time. That stuff like it that does. goes viral. And all of a sudden cran cranberry juice manufacturers are like, okay, now we have to make 75 more cases. Cause now it's, you know, it's. And my kid and my kids coming home going, what's with this like song with people skateboarding, drinking stuff <laughs> because his friends are on TikTok. My kid's not, yeah, um, sure. his friends are on TikTok, and he's like, what is this music? And I'm like, Oh my God, that's right. Cause you don't know who Fleetwood Mac is. Okay. Which is why Fleetwood Mac is like, Hey, Oh, whole new generation of people introduced to our music oh, It yeah. works for them. I, I have like literally four TikToks cause I don't understand TikTok. I yeah. do like Reels. And one of them is me drinking a Starbucks to the song in the car. I'm like, I can do this. I can do yeah. this. I don't skateboard, but I'm I'm going to even do this because it's yeah. fun. 
I don't get the a, It was such a mixture of so many things. Not that many people were drinking cranberry juice. It's kind of like, why is he drinking cranberry? He's on yeah. a skateboard, which is like everyone. I vibe. think skateboard culture. Yeah, it's a vibe. The so the song's a throwback, so you got an older audience watching. I think like the it must have been like a nice day out. It it hits and it was easy, easy trend. It was just and, like you know, you, but it gives you. It also gives you vibes. Like you watch it, you're like, I feel, I feel it. Yeah, I, I get what he's going for. Yeah, and I can easily sit there and watch fifty other celebrities do it too. Like it's not. It's not going to bug me or be like, oh, this again. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, what's their take on it? Like, yep. you know, with, with are they going to be shit at the end? Because I like the ones where everybody falls off the skateboard. Those are the <laughs> ones I like. The people who tried the fails. I loved the fails. Yeah, um, exactly. We are coming up on almost two hours. And oh okay. though I feel like we could probably <laughs> talk forever, I feel like that's definitely our thing. You probably have stuff to create. The mods, yeah. the mods got a late night call to ride last night and we went live with regard to one of the cases where new documents drop. So the mods are like, we, we have ridden. Yeah. <laughs> we are two hours in. Christy, please tell everybody where to find you and, and kind of where you are on each channel and kind of your vibe on, on each of your socials. Yeah, you can. So on my TikTok is um, at Christine's underscore snaps. That's where I post like a majority of content, daily content, you know, skits and bits and an insight onto what I'm like doing with my life. Um, if you don't have TikTok and Instagram is a real good, it's kind of like a copy and paste that I do um, on my Instagram, which is at Christine's underscore snaps with an extra S on the end. Cause I couldn't get the original, what I had um, on we, my Instagram. We can handle that by the way, if you trademark Christine snaps, you can go back and reclaim your, uh, your handles. We can okay. chat. We, I was going to say, we should really talk about that. Um, if you, my Instagram is kind of like a copy and paste. I do a little bit more behind the scenes and my stories. I do a lot of more fun stuff like bathroom jams and dance parties and stuff. Uh, and then my YouTube is Christine snaps, longer form content, vlogs, PO box openings, me randomly, you know, taking a deep dive into why we film videos in our bathrooms, like little, little, maybe a little short essays, video essays here and there. Um, but yeah. And then my, uh, Snapchat, which I, I will always love Snapchat cause that's where I started. But, uh, my Snapchat is snaps underscore Christine and then Perfect. Twitter, which I think I've gained so many of your Twitter followers. I didn't know we had so many, our, our demographics <laughs> like overlaid so much. They're like my finally Emily and Christine. I'm like, Oh, I didn't, I don't know. You guys wanted this, like bring it to my attention more. <laughs> we're here. We're here. I know it. it I felt so bad. Cause it was like, I didn't even realize how much it had blown up on Twitter because after our Friday Night Live, I was like, I, I'm exhausted. This was fantastic. It's like, but I, and then the next morning, I'm like, oh my God, we blew up, Christy. I'm so sorry. We blew up your Twitter. But I also know Twitter's kind of your, of all the platforms that you're not on as regularly. So I'm sure you were just like, yeah. Oh, I was like, what's, I was like, my, my phone buzzing off my nightstand. But yeah, because I know, and Twitter's a whole nother story because I'm like, it's there's no not a lot of people like post pictures and video and i'm like right. okay it's just it's just reading how do i make reading tidbits like funny Me. again and i was like all right this it's a whole nother thing i gotta tackle but i'm up for the challenge and now that i see that there's all these like people i'm like okay now i now i got people who like want to hear what i have to say or maybe i love it and the mods <laughs> the mods put all the links the links are also going to be in this video lawnards thank you for being so welcoming to christine snaps you guys know we will be back here at 11 a.m tomorrow for our Emily show podcast live chat. And I will see you again on Friday night live. So you guys, we are out. Bye.